In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. My wife, Kristen, and her twin sister are both teachers of young children. My wife here at the church Children's Day Out program, and her sister at a school in northern Chicago. The other day I heard them talking about the significance of the role of the line leader. Some of you know what that means. The children, uh, when they're going down the hall, one of them gets assigned to be the line leader to help lead the class down the hallway. It's a great motivational tool because almost all of the children want to be the leader all the time. It's a great motivational tool that many of us want to continue to lead in the various ways that we can is further evidenced by a quick perusal of your local favorite bookstore. As you walk through, through, you will observe row after row of books on leadership. I'm thankful for those because we want good leaders, but I wonder about the other side of the equation. You can't be a leader if there are no followers. There are far fewer books on what it means to be a good follower. The Bible, however, spends quite a bit of time on the subject. In the faith, there is only one leader, one Lord. And in our gospel today, we receive a cardinal lesson on what it means to follow God and to follow Jesus. Hopefully, we all want to be better followers of Jesus. And as we look more closely at this passage, I hope that we will better understand the full depth and reality of what following Jesus requires and be better equipped to live out that calling. Following Jesus doesn't always look like we think it should. As our passage begins, Peter has just confessed his belief that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah of Israel. Along with the other disciples, presumably, they believe and hope that Jesus will restore the nation of Israel to its prominence and will enact all the promises of God for his people by literally becoming king. When Jesus then turns around and teaches them in plain, clear words that the Son of Man must suffer and be killed, they are certainly shocked. Peter may not have even gotten to hear the last part about rising from the dead because he was reacting so quickly. He begins to rebuke Jesus, the passage says, because Jesus apparently doesn't understand the way this whole Messiah thing is supposed to work, or at least his understanding of it. In response, Jesus turns and gives one of the harshest criticisms and rebukes in the scriptures. Get thee behind me, Satan. Not words I would want to be on the receiving end of. To be fair, Peter's conception of who and what the Messiah is supposed to be wasn't entirely wrong. Yes, Jesus will restore the kingdom and he will make all things right. All the promises of God are yes in him. But Peter had missed some things. In trying to force the way that Peter thought it should be, he became an adversary to God 
and to Jesus and to the plan that was supposed to be. The word Satan in Hebrew means adversary. For Peter and for us, following Jesus means that we have to walk the path that God has planned, not the path as we would always have it. It doesn't always look like we want. And as Jesus indicated about his own path, the path may even include the reality of suffering and of hardship. We come closer to the heart of this passage when Jesus turns, sees his disciples, and calls the remaining crowds of people to gather around. And he teaches them a lesson on discipleship. To follow me, he says, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. What does he mean? Peter had just been told that he cared too much for the things of men. The crowds and the disciples are now told that they should not care too much for the things of the world, but rather we should focus on Jesus and the gospel. Traditionally, Lent is a time in which we try to do both of these things. We take on special disciplines to deny ourselves of some of the small pleasures of life. And many of us also add a spiritual discipline to help us focus more clearly on Jesus. And these practices are certainly helpful and are a call to at least a part of what it means to deny ourselves and take up our cross. But I wonder if it's not something a bit deeper. In a commentary on the Gospel of Mark, James Brooks suggests that to deny oneself is not to do without something or even many things. It is not asceticism. It is not self-hatred. It is not self-rejection. Nor is it even the disowning of a particular list of sins. Rather, he says... Denying ourself is a renouncement of ourself as being the dominant element in our life. We replace ourself with God in Christ as the object of all of our affections. St. Augustine, along similar lines, would have us, quote, kill that in oneself which is unduly attached to the earthly. Those things which prevent us from taking the pleasure in heavenly things. Regarding the bearing and taking up of a cross, the first century audience would have certainly had immediately brought to mind the quite literal carrying of the horizontal part of the cross on the way to crucifixion, as Christ himself does. Referring to James Brooks again, he notes that cross-bearing is closely related to self-denial. It involves a willingness to give up everything dear in life, and perhaps even life itself, for the sake of Jesus. It is willingness to suffer for Christ and for others. The life of following Jesus doesn't always look like we think. The life of Jesus requires us to surrender ourselves. But in this verse, we find the true heart of the passage. Before and after the words of deny yourself and take up your cross, Jesus says, if you will come after me, Follow me. Come after me and follow me are actually the same word in the original language. If you want to follow me, follow me. And what do we do? We exactly that. We follow 
Christ does not ask us like some tyrant leader to go on an assignment while he watches from some comfortable place like his seat in heaven. No, that is not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus makes this journey that he calls us to make. We hear in the great Christ hymn of Philippians 2 that Jesus did not consider equality with God something that he should grasp or steal, but rather that he empties himself. He takes on the form of a servant. He takes on the limitations of human flesh and dwells among us and walks himself the journey that leads to the cross. He lives the life of obedience to God that you and I cannot live in our own strength. And where does Christ go? Where do we follow? One of the church fathers, Caesarius of Arles, says, To what place are we to follow Christ if not where he has already gone? Is our journey one of suffering and shame? Christ has walked that journey ahead of us. Is our life and our journey one in which we find ourselves falling? Recall that as Jesus, as he bore the cross, fell three times on the way to the crucifixion site. Jesus knows what it means to fall. And where is Jesus now? As always, ahead of us, having already ventured and journeyed to the heavenly kingdom, seated at his Father's right hand, we follow him all the way to the heavenly kingdom. And even then, he has not left us without help. In baptism, we commit to live the Christian life with God's help. We receive in baptism the gift of his Holy Spirit to teach us, encourage us, and strengthen us on our way. Paul reminds us in our epistle reading from Romans 8 this morning that God has already given us Christ. How much more will he not also give us all things, everything that you and I need to live the life of faith? to journey and follow after him. There is nothing, Paul says, that can separate us from the love of God. He is always there. Despite our fallings and our failings, he is ever present, ever ready, ever near you, loving you and desiring to give you everything you need to follow him. Thinking on these things, St. Augustine observes, that denying ourselves, quote, is neither hard nor painful when he himself helps us in such a way so that the very thing that he requires may be accomplished, end quote. On your journey, may you find that God is indeed always ready and able and willing to give you what you need to follow. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.